five, four, three, two, one. Bazinga. Hello and welcome to the second episode of the Now Showing podcast featuring me, Sam Houston, and not Jürgen this time. I He couldn't make it, so I filled it in with my good friend Isaac. Say hello, Isaac. Hello, Isaac. Ha <laughs> ha. So this episode, we'll be looking at what's happening right now in the world of film, uh, upcoming films, and we'll be looking over Mad Max Fury Road from 2015. We'll be looking at the 1993. We'll be looking at the 1995 masterpiece, Seven. Seven, Evan. And the main film of the week, Men in Black International. How are you doing, Isaac? I'm good, thank you. How are you today, Sam? I'm doing all right, mate. You know, I I went away to London for a week and I came back and the whole podcast was on fire. The two people that were supposed to be on weren't on. Neither of them had seen Men in Black, so I've just had to throw this together. Well, I'm glad to be here to patch it all up. Yeah, well, cheers, Patch Adams over here. So, uh, quick reminder to uh, follow me on Twitter at Sam Houston Vivo. Recently changed my name to that due to my upcoming music career and uh, any emails uh, to the podcast be appreciated any questions any thoughts at nowshowingpod at gmail.com and uh, we'll start it off by looking at the headlines for the week so we're starting off with um, a bit of a bit of sporty boy sporty news bit of uh, space jam 2 confirmed with oh confirmed ages ago but confirmed they're adding stars anthony davis Clay Thompson, Damien Lillard, I think, and two WNBA stars, Diana Thurassi and Ngeka Ugamike. I know all of them. I, I do know all of them because I'm a sports genius, but are you looking forward to Space Jam 2? Uh, I, I can't say I'm particularly excited, but why not? I'll give it a go. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't a, sport or a, a big uh, problem that was coming about that uh, LeBron James, who's the, the best basketball player in the world by all, all reasonable thought, uh, couldn't attract players, both to join him on the real-life Los Angeles Lakers, and more importantly, couldn't get people to join him making Space Jam 2. So I'm pleased to hear that he's managed to convince five people to, to join him in this thing, because it wasn't hard for Jordan back in the day. Jordan's got the skills. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to manipulate people. Yeah, what a horrible man he is. Anyway, next is news. Disneyland getting a bit of Marvel land. So this isn't really film news, I guess, but I thought I'd add it in there. That sounds sick. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be sick. I like that, yeah. It's going to be cool. I mean, it's a little bit better than prison princesses and stuff. I mean, if you go to Disneyland, it's been the same for the last 10 years, you know? Yeah. They ain't changed it up. Yeah, I noticed that they've already got things like Captain America restaurants and things that are styled in a sort of 40s fashion. And I, it's glad to, I'm glad to see that they're branching out, doing some new things. I see, I'm, I am a bit worried about this whole superhero fatigue, though. Like, are we not just going to get bored of, like, superhero film after superhero film? I mean, like, you'll see later on. I mean, all the news is superhero-based, really, because that's all that's big right now. I mean, I'm, I am concerned that we're just going to one day wake up and think, I really can't be asked to watch Ant-Man 15. Yeah, I think the thing that makes superhero films so amazing is that they're so out there and different, and when every film's a superhero film, they're not going to be different anymore, and they're going to lose their magic. Yeah, it's, it's strange how popular they are, seeing as you couldn't, you can't find a superhero film made between 
85 and 95, you know, there was a, a long period of time where they just weren't popular. It's amazing what Marvel have done, really, to, and I'll add in the Christopher Nolan Batman films, just to completely rejuvenate the genre. So, everyone's favourite uh, actor, Adam Sander, his uh, new murder mystery film sets the record for Netflix original movie streaming. Wow. Good on Adam. I am shocked and appalled by this news. I didn't realise a damn sandal could be so popular. You know, I'm surprised it's not Bird Box. I really thought that I, I heard a lot of hypos. I didn't know this film existed. Uh, yeah, this is the first time I'm hearing of it. Is it called Murder Mystery? Or is it a murder mystery? It's called Murder Mystery. What a creative title. Yeah, it stars uh, Jennifer Aniston. I, I, I could go out and watch it for research, but I really don't want to have to put myself through the pain. Uh, but aren't you incredibly attracted to Jennifer Aniston? Maybe like 20 years ago. Anyway, talking to people I'm attracted to, Spice Girls animated movie in the works. Spice Girls animated movie. That doesn't make sense. I, I'm upset by this news, honestly. Why? They're, God, they haven't been popular for about a decade. Why are they trying to bring themselves back? They're in a Walker's Cribs advert. What? I don't understand. Have you seen the advert? No. It's a really good advert. Are you sure about that? Yeah, they walk in and there's some like, super fan, he's like, he's enjoying himself, you know, he's like, oh my god, the Spice Girls are here, and he's eating crisps, and they're like, can we have a crisp? And they're like, and he's like, mmm, even though he's a super fan, so they won't give him the crisp, and they're like, they fuck off and they get angry at him. That, that is great, that just shows how much he loves crisp. <laughs> he really does love crisp. So, yeah, animated film, why? I don't know, but it's surely going to be amazing. Uh, Netflix have snapped up the rights to make a The Division, Tom Clancy's The Division TV series. Or film TV series. TV series. Starring uh, Jake Gyllenhaal of soon-to-be Star Wars Far From Home fame. And Jessica Chastain from <laughs> Star Wars Home From Home. Yeah, okay. Spider-Man Far From Home. I'm not even going to cut it. Jake Gyllenhaal from Spider-Man <laughs> Far From Home fame. And Jessica Chastain from recently 2019 Film of the Year, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Right. Uh, I don't actually know either of those people, but I reckon the series could be good. Yeah, I um, I can't say I've got much interest in The Division as a whole series. I, mean, I played the game for like two weeks and it was just like, it was a bit like Destiny on Earth. Uh, I've, I've never actually played it, but I think the, the theme of it could make a good series. Yeah, yeah, kind of semi-post-apocalyptic modern world. So this isn't one piece of news. This is kind of a general piece of kind of right now. Keanu Reeves is everything. He, he is absolutely everywhere. Keanu Reeves w was, so first of all, he's in John Wick 3, which I, have you seen? Uh, I've not seen any of the John Wicks, but I'm going to. Yeah, by, but yeah, well, looks like by all reasonable, looks like from everyone that's watching it saying, you know, it's a great film. So that's that first. Then he's in the new Toy Story film for some reason. They only wanted Canadian actors, but they still employed him. So, you know, there's that. And then, then he's in the new Bill and Ted 3. And then now he's in that cyberpunk game at E3 and everyone's constantly making like memes about it. And then now we're hearing about him being in Kevin Feige saying they've been trying to get him for every single Marvel film they've made for the last 
200 years and now they're looking at him getting in the MCU. I think everyone's trying to get a piece of that Keanu. Yeah. He, he's everywhere. He, he just attracts so much attention that anyone will be lucky to have him on their team just for the, the revenue he'll gain. It's like the world missed Keanu for a while. Obviously, he came up big after, you know, Bill and Ted actor, basically comedy stoner kids actor. And then he obviously made it all big with, with Matrix. And I felt like you didn't hear about him. Like, obviously, he was in John Wick, but like in the popular culture, I never heard anything Keanu Reeves. And suddenly, everybody remembered that they loved him. Yeah, he saw he vanished for a good few years and then boom, reappeared out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange. I think it's probably because he started talking about one of the people Wolverine. So, these next two pieces of news are are clearly linked. Obviously, adding on from uh, them nearly adding Keanu Reeves into the MCU. So, Endgame finally left the box office after the box office top ten after seven consecutive weeks, missing event missing avatar by the skin of their teeth but then i don't know if you heard about the avengers endgame they're re-releasing it in cinemas next week why with added scenes but not an extended cut not like added scenes thing the whole film plays completely normal then they're adding a post-credit scene with like deleted scenes and a tribute to stan lee and like something special secret um I think the the number one reason they're doing this, and probably the only reason they're doing this, is uh, money. Oh, 100%. They just want to beat Avatar. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they they beat them just so closely. I think they just want to be a, a long leap ahead of Avatar. I mean, Avatar did re-release itself in cinemas, but that was like eight months after, and that was because they wanted an Oscar nod. But the worst thing about this all is I probably will go see it again. Yeah, I, I think I probably will go as well. Yeah, it's just so painful. It's like, we know it's for money. We know it's cringy and like, Disney, fuck Disney and all that. But the worst thing is like, we all know that we will go just go watch the same film I've already seen twice. Definitely, yeah. It was just such a good film. And with, with added things, it can only be better. And yeah, I personally can't wait for that. So now uh, comes to my recurring feature section of the show which is uh, any prequel, sequel, spin-off, or reboot news that happens every single week because that's the only thing that gets made these days. So uh, starting off, this isn't a film, this isn't TV, why are you on about it? They're releasing a Hunger Games prequel book set something like 60 years before the events of the first Hunger Games film. But this is film news because they will definitely inevitably make a film of it. 100% yeah I mean the the four Hunger Games films that came out just did so well that they're, they're not going to pass up an opportunity like this I felt like the last one after the whole how many people watched the first three it seemed like the, the last one was a bit of a dud like, I never heard anyone talking about Mockingjay Part 2 oh, no it was definitely a letdown I think I don't think it lived up to the expectations didn't have quite the perfect finish that everyone wanted yeah I thought the second film was really good I thought because the, the first book is amazing the first film's a bit shit so when they pick it up and they change the director and everything for the second film they really really like the second film is better than the second book uh, i'd agree with that i think in general i prefer the book series but some of the films were definitely better than their book equivalents yeah and uh, i am interested in seeing the prequel i mean i probably won't read it because you know i'm nearly 19 but you know i'm still excited to see the film so well the, if it happens well I'm still excited to see the film, if it happens. So, 
moving swiftly on. About a week after we announced last week that he was planning a Zoro Django crossover for some reason that based on a comic he did. Did you hear about that? Uh, yeah, it's. I don't understand it. It's a weird combo. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, because it's like obviously Django is like a real serious film about racism and the you know him going through all that you know trials and tribulations of it all, whereas. Zorro is like some kind of swashbuckling, kind of old-fashioned James Bond character who comes and saves the maiden. The land pirate. Exactly. It's not like a proper thing. Well, after that, we've now got Quentin Tarantino's Star Wars. Well, a week after that, <laughs> well, a week after that, we've got more info on Quentin Tarantino's Star Trek project that a lot of nerds and virgins are extremely annoyed that it is sweary and r-rated i mean it's really going to divide up the fan base because you're going to have the people that are going to go in there with their raging boners and you're going to have people who are just like disgusted in it it's it's like well the thing is isn't the fan base doesn't really match kids anymore like obviously star trek is a kid based medium you know it's, it's a sci-fi thing for children like like star trek and young adults and stuff like star wars sorry young adults and stuff but now, there's not much interest in it. You know, we kids these days haven't grown up with Star Trek. And if they have, it's only because of their parents. Obviously, there's those Star Trek films that came out a while ago, but they weren't extremely popular. They were kind of semi-popular. They were quite good. But it's like me and you went to go see Detective Pikachu. It was a good film. Yeah, it was, it was a great film. But when I walked in, well, before I walked in, I was like, you know, and Isaac's obviously a bit of a weeaboo, so... Uh, I have to go see it with him, but I'm I'm not so big on the idea that I might go into a, a cinema full of six-year-olds, you know, and I'm like 18, and it's all like little girls. And then we, when we walked in, there was like two kids, you know, what I mean, like everybody was like 36-year-old man-child. We were like the youngest there. I felt like I was the only person in there that didn't have a beard. You kind of do have a bit of a beard. It's more of a uh, facial pube, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they can't have been like, how many kids? Like six kids? Yeah, there, there was two or three kids when we walked in and maybe another three or four wandered in before the film started. Because no one other than Pokemon go to the polls. There was no Pokemon games popular when we were growing up, uh, when those kids were growing up, like they were when we were growing up, or like when the generation above us were growing up. It, it's like, it's a se- we're going for nostalgia rather than new kids going for their current generation like star trek you know it's the adults that got into star trek when they were a kid and when it was on telly rather than the the new the new demographic and that that's probably why having an r-rated star trek film isn't a problem at all uh yeah i'd agree with that because star trek as well occasionally covers quite heavy topics that aren't really child friendly anyway well after i feel like you know you don't hear about star trek like you hear about most big franchises anymore it seems to have died a little bit they cancel Star Star Trek Four, and they they cancelling Star Trek Discovery after three series, and I think well, I don't know if they're cancelling it, but I don't think they're um, I don't know I, I don't know if they're making a full series, but they're making a, a spin-off. It's been announced called Star Trek Section Thirty One, focusing on the small section of Starfleet Section Thirty One, and I don't know if there's that much demand for it, but. The Star Trek TV series have all been pretty good 
for a long time. Is is this a Star Trek season or a film? This is a TV series. Right, okay. I think they are quite good at the TV series. They've done quite a lot, but I think they're, they're tiring out films. They've made 11 Star Trek films now. Yeah, something like that. And then they've also made what, like, how many series of different TV series? You know, you got the originals, and then you got the new crew, and then you had Deep Space Nine, Discovery, and Generations, and there, there's enough there that if you were just getting into it, I don't think you'd ever finish it before you died. Yeah, basically, there's like about about two thousand hours now. Moving on, there is a prequel announced to Kingsman called The King's Man, which is not confusing whatsoever. And also, they are still planning to make a third one. I'm excited about this, because the Kingsman 1 and the Kingsman Golden Circle, they were really good films. They they nailed them, and I'm quite excited to see two more. I um, I think King, Kingsman 2 took a big step down. Like I don't think it was close to the first one. I'd agree with you on that, but as a standalone film, it was it was good. But no, not as amazing as the first one. Yeah, this film is going to be set quite a few years before, focusing on some of the older characters in the films and, and when they're a bit younger, like Ray Fiennes' character, and set in the early 20th century and kind of how the, the Kingsmans came, came about and the early days of the organisation. And um, I don't know, I, I have some faith in it. Did you know that Kingsman was a Marvel thing, Marvel comic? I, I didn't even find that until recently. Uh, no, I've, I've only just found that out now. Yeah, much like Men in Black, which was I only found out last week because I announced on the podcast. I, I actually, no, I didn't know about that either. Oh, yeah. And now, talking of Marvel, Game of Thrones and Aquaman actor Jason Momoa said in a recent interview that of all MCU characters, he would like to play. He'd like to play the Wolverine in the upcoming insertion of Wolverine into the MCU and the X-Men into the MCU. And this kind of sparked a bit of debate, you know, whether whether he could, because first thing is an actor. And you know, do you think he could? Um, I think he could maybe fill the role. I find the problem is that he's just a bit too tall. Like Wolverine is supposed to be short, and he's always been short. And the fact that you make, well, I mean, he's a pretty big, big fella. Yeah, he looks, he, he's tall, broad, and not much like Wolverine. And also, the I think the real issue is whether they could get away with having a DCEU star as a character in the MCU. I mean, we've seen a few people switch between the two, you know, uh, but I don't know if, I don't know if he legally could anyway, but I don't know if it would make sense, Would you know, I don't know if it would work. I really doubt he would be allowed to with his contract with DC. Yeah, I doubt it. I did hear a bit about Kit Harrington being the new Wolverine, the person that plays Jon Snow in uh, Game of Thrones. And he's a little bit smaller. He's, I don't think he's as short as Hugh Jackman, but he's a little bit kind of not so physically imposing. Like if, if Momo was in... Marvel. I'd want him to play like some sort of big, scary kind of hulking character. Obviously, pardon the pun, hulking character. Like I don't know, like you know, Ghost Rider or something. I don't know, someone, someone intimidating, someone, or, or a bad guy, you know, a juggernaut or something. Just, I, I think he'd be wasted on on Wolverine. 
I would quite like them to go the complete opposite route and have someone the complete opposite of Hugh Jackman. Have someone who is just a massive, like, ungodly behemoth of a man playing Wolverine. I think that would be hilarious. Um, yeah, I can't agree. Um, Joey can stay faithful. Go stay faithful to, to the comics. Fair play. I think, I think it would just be funny to see, like, the mountain with knives in his hands. Yeah. I reckon Dwayne, Dwayne The Rock Johnson would do it. <laughs> Talking of Dwayne The Rock Johnson, recently announced for to play, well not recently announced, announced it a while, a while ago to be Black Adam in the essentially opposite series, you know, the counter, the rival of Shazam and Zachary Levi, Levi, Zachary Levi, Levy, expects Shazam 2 to be shot in mid-2020. I've not yet seen Shazam, but I've only heard good things, and I think it does look really good. I um I went into Shazam like I hadn't heard anything about it. I hadn't seen a single trailer. I had no clue at all what it was. I didn't even know it was about superheroes. And I sat through the film. And I enjoyed it, and it was really good actually. And and then it kind of made a couple little in jokes about Superman, and a couple like I just like. You know, I mentioned I think maybe a joke about Batman. Superman's body appears like a, in a joke in like post-credit scene, and like when when the film film ended, like my girlfriend maybe was like, "Oh no, post-credit scene, post-credit scene." I was like, "Fuck, is this gonna be a post-credit scene? It's like some fucking this is like basically like kick-ass or something. Is this, this gonna be a post-credit scene?" And there was like two because it was in the DCEU. I had no clue it was in the DCEU, but now I uh, it's been I found out it's it's all connected to Superman and fucking Batman and that. But seeing how terribly the DCU has gone, you know, they, they can't, they haven't done any of the team-up films good. You know, uh, Suicide Squad was shit, that's a team-up. And Spider-Man versus, so Superman and uh, Batman was shit. And Justice League was shit. And, but then Man of Steel, I didn't like it, but it's not hated. Aquaman was good, that was a single film. Shazam was good, that was a single film. Wonder Woman was good, that was a single film. They can do the individuals, they just can't do the team-ups. So if Shazam's working out fine, just leave him on his own. I don't see the need to just shoehorn him in because he's different. It's not like a serious, like, you know, dark, brooding nature of the other films. It's like some little happy-go-lucky kid and, you know, he's got some baddies to fight. But at the end of the day, it's a bit of a comedy and it's all a bit, you know, positive and, you know, smiley. And I don't know, I just don't think they need to link everything together. You, you can keep standalones. In the same way that Deadpool wouldn't really fit in with a lot of the MCU. Yeah, exactly. Like, obviously, they're they're the only person that has job security following the Fantasy Four and Marvel link join. I have is Ryan Reynolds because no one wants to get rid of Ryan Reynolds. And how is he going to fit where Disney? I don't think we've ever fucking had a single swear in any of their films. Um, and now they've got a character who does nothing but swear. Is in eighteen movies. You know, eighteen rated movies, R rated movies. How is he going to be interacting with, you know, Spider-Man and Iron Man and, well, not Iron Man, and Captain America and so on and so on. Spoiler alert, and uh, Captain America and so on, when, you know, he they can't talk to him back. I mean, it ruins the character, you know, you can't see Tom Holland swearing on screen. Like, just keep Deadpool on his own. Keep the X-Men universe alive through him. Just have him just doing his thing. And then just don't have any explanation of whether where the X-Men series... Obviously, you can have some jokes about it because it's full-breaking kind of shit. 
But just keep on his own, man. Yeah, he really doesn't belong anywhere other than by himself. There's a constant need to link everything up because of how well it's worked before and they shoved in the Incredible Hulk when he wasn't in. I think because it's worked before, they've just got this need to just throw everything together. Are you sad about the fact that they're going to have to get rid of all the X-Men actors? I didn't know they were having to get rid of them all. Well, I think they're not in the same universe, so there's no way that they could link them together. I think they're just going to have to recast them all. I said other than Ryan Reynolds. True, I suppose they're they're Fox rather than MCU or Disney, and it would be quite hard to tie all of those things together when they weren't made to be like that. Like, why did the X-Men not show up in Endgame? Yeah, they, they definitely would have if they were in the same universe together. Like, they can, as I said last week, they can do link it all together with the, ty- the d- dimension jumping, because that happens a lot in the comics. They dimension jump and, and stuff, and that's why Miles Morales is the, from in the Spider-Verse, is like in the main continuity, because his universe jumped from his one and that. And they could do that, but I just don't see it happening, especially seeing as, you know, spoilers for Dark Phoenix, um, Raven dies, um, who's Jennifer Lawrence, which is sad for me, of all people. It's Mr. Jennifer Lawrence fan number one. And Jean Grey dies as well. Well, she doesn't die. She kind of dies. So that kills two of them off anyway. So you can't have those characters in the MCU, I guess. And those are two of the most important characters. And then Logan kind of showed him kind of in a different light and dying and stuff. It's like, I don't know how they could fit all in. Also, I don't think Hugh Jackman would want to play Wolverine again. And it just all doesn't... But then if, if Deadpool didn't exist, they could just cut off that universe and start it again. Because Deadpool exists, they can't really... They're not going to sack Ryan Reynolds. I think it's confirmed they're not going to sack Ryan Reynolds. So I said this all last week. I don't know why I'm saying it all again. But it just makes it a massive pain in the ass. Yeah, there is too much resting on Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. He is just so incredibly popular. They're, they're never going to cut him. Not soon, anyway. Reminds me of that Harley Quinn fucking Mario Robbie. It's like she, all the incels are like obsessed with Deadpool and Mario Robbie. So, this is just superhero news, basically, these days, because that's the only films that come out. But, non-superhero news, Paranormal Activity, new film being developed, for some reason, a reboot of a series that finished four years ago. Uh, although it may have finished four years ago, I think it was done long before then. They were all awful, and they needed to just stop. Why are they starting again? This is Paranormal Activity 7. There are six Paranormal Activity films. They felt that that was not enough. Six. But these, they're not like Scary Movie 4, 5, 6. It's not like Sharknado. Like, people actually go to watch these. I think in the cinema. Am I right in saying in the cinema? Are they still in the cinema? Uh, what's still in the cinema? Paranormal Activity. I, I don't know. I would assume so. But like, they're, they're, it seems like too big a franchise to make seven films. You know what I mean? It's like, it can't be that popular they make seven films, but they can't be that not popular that they, they can't, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how they keep making these films. Yeah, how are they getting the funding for all of this? I just, I don't understand where it's coming from. They're terrible, terrible films. If you're going for a horror film, it's just not scary. And as a narrative, it's basically as basic as a fucking piece of cardboard. But nothing happens. Same shit, same plot over and over in slightly different ways. And, well, this time it's in a bungalow. <laughs> Yeah, I think that, that's all it's going to be. Different situation, different people, exact same story. They put up cameras in the house and they can see stuff move on the cameras. Ooh, that is wild.
wild. Shocking news of the week. They've announced that the Joker film is going to have an R rating. I'm, I'm so shocked by this. I didn't expect this at all, judging from the, the trailer. It just looks so kid-friendly. Yeah, exactly. You can't imagine a clown film not being for kids. Everyone loves clowns. They're universally a sign of happiness. I'd say, I'd almost go as far as to say they're a deity of sorts. Yeah, they're like the gods of happiness. But, um, yeah, R-rated superhero films, fucking, they, people love them, don't they? Because you think, like, the most loved film in the entire X-Men 22-year franchise, 12-film franchise, was the only R-rated one, which was Logan. And then, outside of that, Deadpool and Deadpool 2, which are kind of semi-thing, they were super popular and they were R-rated. And the the Dark Knight and Batman Begins and Dark Knight Rises, super popular with an R rating. Well, I don't know if they were R, but they were definitely, you know, mature of 15 or whatever. Uh, I don't know why, but there's there's something about adult-y, sweary superheroes that people just can't get enough, enough of. Yeah, I think the film producers and things, they haven't caught up with the fact that the films they're making are no longer just for kids and 30-year-old virgins. It's everyone's watching them. So there, there's more people who will be into R-rated films. I didn't like the fact that One Upon Deadpool existed. Like the idea that they made an 18, they got pressured to make it kid-friendly. Yeah, I think as, as soon as you start pressuring a filmmaker to make their film in a certain way, it really takes a lot away from it. Yeah, yeah, I have to agree. And finally... Game of Thrones prequel series begins filming. So they've announced they're making a prequel that's set uh, kind of the start of Westeros as, as a kind of kingdom ship and the formation of the houses and the building of the wall and stuff and, and kind of way, way before, uh, you know, the, the modern day, or, you know, the War of the Five Kings or whatever series one. And the fight against the White Walkers, it's going to have a lot of the, the, the children in the forest. And uh, I don't think you've not seen Game of Thrones, have you? Uh, no, I haven't, but I know enough to comment on it and things. Yeah, I mean, they can't really go wrong because everybody wants more Westeros now that we realise how shit Series 8 is. They, they'd be fools not to do a prequel, or at least some sort of sequel. They need to do more because everyone's wanting it, everyone will watch it, they're going to make so much from this. Yeah, because they announced three prequels. So they announced five prequels, but two have been cancelled. But apparently they still want to make five, so I think they can make different five. But the three are definitely already in production. And prequels, sequels, spin-offs, whatever, set at the same time. I don't know, but they just keep making stuff because of just how disappointing Series 8 was. Yeah, I think I have heard rumours about Series 8 that they're going to remake it. And um, well, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have the exact same story, which might disappoint some people, but the dragon's going to have sunglasses at it. <laughs> really? Yeah. I thought you were going to give me a spoiler then because I haven't seen past series 5 yet I suppose it would be a spoiler if you thought the dragon would already have sunglasses yeah yeah. okay so that's concluded my F- this week's episode of sequel prequel spin-off and reboot news and uh, finishing off with one of the more serious and kind of real problems that we're finding in today's society Justin Bieber wants to fight Tom Cruise I'm, I'm speechless about this I mean two absolute legends going at it yeah yeah and he wants Dana White he called out he, Justin Bieber called out Dana White as the president of the UFC to uh, 
to call to make this fight you know put it in mma uh, i can't really see it happening but i wouldn't be too surprised if it did happen well you know today according to mma website bjpen.com uh, dana white has apparently heard that tom cruise would like to do the fight with Justin Bieber and it isn't just a, a joke and a mess around like Bieber did ins- like, uh, imply that it was apparently they do genuinely would want that fight I think they're on almost level playing grounds here because although Tom Cruise is you know a movie star legend very fit he is also old as fuck yeah well also the thing is that Justin Bieber has got the age advantage also the height advantage because realistically you know, like Tom Cruise like five foot two. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, like probably like four ten or something. And uh, so there's clearly a massive height discrepancy. But who would you pick in that fight? Um, I'm gonna lean more towards Justin Bieber just because of the age, and he he's in very good shape as well. You know, I feel ill having to actually say these words. Like, why are we ask? Why are we talking about Justin Bieber fighting Tom Cruise? But but saying that, my answer would be it's not a boxing match. If it was a boxing match, I'd pick Justin Bieber easy. But because MMA, you're getting a bit of back and forth action. You're getting a bit of against the cage, a bit of wrestling. I think his lower body strength, Tom Cruise, will be able to keep pumping against the cage. I think he could do some serious damage. But again, this is a ridiculous conversation. I don't know why I was saying it. So let's move on to the trailers released this week. So there's been four big trailers. And we'll start off with uh, Frozen 2 got released. And really, really weird trailer, really. It. It is very strange. It doesn't seem like a sequel to Frozen. Uh, it seems more like a cinematic video game trailer. Yeah, it's like I almost forgot that she. I don't. I'm not a massive Frozen fan. I'll admit. I don't. I've never really paid much attention. I've seen it just being on telly, but I'm not exactly going to pretend I'm a big fan. But I kind of forgot that she had like her ice powers because it's basically just a Disney princess film, and then she comes out and she's fucking flying through the water and making ice fucking palace not uh, most platforms and shit she's basically budget frozone yeah i was just thinking frozone <laughs> and then so yeah that looks all right i'm sure i mean i'm i'm sure it'll be just as great as any other fucking disney princess shit <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm sure it'll be sure it'll be all right it'll attract all the kids that's for sure much like yourself Ugh, you know me so this one a little bit stranger I'm assuming you saw the trailer for The Art of Self-Defense. Yeah, I did, and I'm really not sure what to make of it, if I'm honest. Yeah, so it's this like weird Jesse Eisenberg film. It's this weird Jesse Eisenberg film, and it's like about karate, and is it a comedy, or is it... It's like a little bit... If they cut off the trailer halfway through, it'll just be like a comedy about someone learning karate, but then it gets all a bit creepy at the end, and it's all a little bit like sinister, and it's like... Yeah, it's like they've made a comedy and then tried to cram something dark and deeper into it. I guess I have to see. Um, I imagine he's, he'll be just as awkward as he is in every other film he's ever made. Uh, yeah, he's, he's quite a strange man. He's a slightly sexier Michael Cera, I'd say. Um, I don't think I'd ever, in any sense, accord anyone, in comparison with anyone, call Jesse Eisenberg sexy. But, you know, go off, I guess. And then next film is uh, Stuber, starring uh, what's his name, Dave Bautista. I think I think this could be good. I love Dave Bautista. He's he's a funny guy, and he looks it just looks hilarious to see someone so huge. 
the film is going to be shit. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> it's like so meathead. I watched the, the trailer. It's going to be like just trash. It's just, it's just big people in cars. It's Fast and Furious 2 with a little bit of comedy. It's the the, the Indian driver from Deadpool with, with The Rock, basically. He just loves driving. What can I say? It just looks shit. I don't think it's going to be a good film, but I think it's going to get a good a good few cheap laughs, basically. Do you know what does look like a good film? What? Doctor Sleep. I'm confused by this. Have you seen The Shining? No, and I think that's why I'm confused. Yeah, so it's the kid from The Shining, the little kid from The Shining, and he's grown up, and he's like dealing with the PTSD of it all, and then he starts getting like visions of of the stuff in, back, back in the time, back in The Shining, and now he's got to kind of go and... and sort out the people that have the same um what's the, like uh, powers as he does oh, okay that makes a bit more sense now i do love a bit of ewan mcgregor you don't see enough ewan mcgregor in the world these days i'd agree with you on that i always this is just superhero news podcast basically because again that's everything that anyone cares about in the cinema today but i only found out the other day ewan mcgregor is the bad guy in the upcoming birds of prey film about harley quinn's mates I mean, I do love Birds of Prey. I'm a big fan of Falcons, Eagles. They're the only two, really. You can't hear a glare. <laughs> so, you're the first guest on Now Showing History. In Now Showing History. There's never been a guest before. Episode 2. So, while you're here, you know, I think uh, I'd get a bit of your film background. And, and what is you, so far, your film of 2019? So far, I gotta be a big normie and say Avengers Egg Game. It was just, it was really satisfying to see 13 years of work, 22 movies all coming together as one. I've got to agree with you. You know, it's just even if I don't know if I'd say it's my favourite film, but it's just such a massive project, so ambitious. You know, be able to get so many different things, different series tied up in one big, nice, healthy, smiley lump. It's just, uh, it's just good. It's just good. Apparently, they're not making any more Avengers films, but I doubt that. Um, I think honestly it would be good if they stopped the Avengers. They've they've, they've closed it basically, and I think it would be a, a bad idea to open the wound again. If they make a new one, it would just be called a different thing. But it would just be the Avengers again. The Revengers. Yeah, that's what they call. That's what Korg and Valkyrie are called in Thor Ragnarok, isn't it? The Avengers. Uh, yeah, the oh, fuck, I forgot what they were called. What was it? The Asgardians of the Galaxy as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'll ask you also, what film are you most looking forward to going forward? Um, I'd say probably the Joker film looks good. I'm excited to see another really dark, twisted, horrible superhero film again. See, superhero, superhero, superhero. That's all that's what we see these days, isn't it? Yeah, I think soon enough we'll, we'll all get tired of them and they'll, they'll be a thing of the past again. Yeah, yeah. But for now, it's what we like. And uh, I think the Joker film looks so good. I think the Joker film, I reckon it's going to be, I pr- I'll predict it'll be very good. I'd agree with you on that. And I think the, the actor for it, he, he just looks terrifying. You can, he reeks of insanity. Okay, so moving on, we are going on to the review section. And this week, uh, Isaac asked me to review one of the, his more favourite films. And... I think you described it as a cinematic masterpiece. Would you stand by that statement? Uh, yeah, I'd stand by that. Yeah, so it's Mad Max Fury Road from 2015, directed by 
George Miller, starring Tom Hardy as the titular Mad Max, and Shalise Theron as Furiosa. Good name. Yeah. Good name. Yeah, great name. Great name. So, yeah, I'd agree with the cinematic masterpiece in the way that it's just a beautiful film. It's really good looking. The colours are so vivid. All those endless sand dunes and the dusty cars going through it and the disgusting pale skin of the weird skeleton bodies of the weird main characters. Other than, not the main characters, but the the skin people. Uh, the war boys, are they? The war boys. The war boys. Again, great name. Yeah, I was put off by the um, pumping of tit milk used throughout the film. Honestly, that's what I came for. Yeah. But, yeah, so beautiful looking film. And acting, Shelley's Theron was really good. Um, I, Furiosa, I thought she was definitely the MVP of the film. She uh, definitely had the biggest part to play. Um, you know, Tom Hardy, he was definitely is, is a great actor. I'm a massive Tom Hardy fan. But he just doesn't say enough. And when he talks, it's like he needs to cough. And he says like one line every 45 minutes. And it'll be like endless silence. And then he won't be talking. Like, there'll be conversation going on around him. And he'll go, Good on. Good war. Halfway through. And then he won't talk for another hour. And it sounds like his voice is dabbed on. It doesn't sound like he's saying it. But you know, anyway, he shooting someone's good. Tom Hardy is good, but definitely underused. Um, and the music's great in general. But despite that, it doesn't stop it from being ultimately a shit film. It, I'd like it's so devoid of plot and narrative and any sort of sense. I would have to agree with you on that. I, I still believe it's one of my favourite films, but it is it's not a good film, I'll say that. It's just like loads of explosions and cars and it's like so basic. Like we're driving from one place to another place. Oh no, there's no one there. We have to go. You spend an hour and a half going to, a, like, watching them go to one place, and then they go. Oh no, nothing's here. Let's turn around. Then they go home. That's the next half an hour. And whilst they're doing it, they're shooting some people and they're throwing some fiery sticks and there's some Fast and Furious style explosions and it's all just very action movie and it's all very cheesy and it's just like very heavy metal monster trucks. Really, just not my thing. Yeah, it really does depend on who you are, because this this really gets me going. You know, the the Neanderthal petrol head I am. Uh, every time I watch that film, I've got a solid six inches. It's it's just so repetitive, man, and just the same thing over and over. And I didn't understand what was going on for a good forty-five minutes, and they didn't say his name being Max until the last like two minutes of the film. So the whole time I was like. I think that's Mel Gibson from the old ones, but I'm not 100% sure. And then he goes down. He doesn't even call himself Mad Max. He just calls himself Max. Like He goes up to her, pulls her, he pulls off Shelley's throne, pulls off Shelley's throne. Hmm? He, he pulls over Shelley's throne. She's like dying. He's like, my name's Max. It should have been, my name's Max. Mad Max. Like James Bond style. And it would have been like, boom, duh. And then the title plays. But no, no, no. It was just boring. And... We didn't care enough about the characters. I didn't care about the random women they were bringing around with them. Like I didn't give a fuck if they lived or died. Film did have an ear trumpet, which is always good. Um, and then I, yeah, I think I was last week. I was moaning about um, how I thought Nicholas Holt was the the like the weak part of uh, the X Men film. But <laughs> <laughs> laugh at the ear trumpet for. Oh, sorry. 
You, you come for the cars, you stay for the air trumpet. Yeah, any air trumpet is good. But uh, Diggs Holt, who I thought was the weak point of X-Men Dark Phoenix, I thought he was quite shit as Beast. I really didn't expect him to show up skinny and, and, and toothless like he was, silver teethed like he was. And uh, and I thought he was actually quite good. I think he's one of the better better parts in the film. Yeah, he's one of the few characters that actually seemed like they had any sort of personality at all. Yeah, he's got some kind of redemption arc of thinking he's going to Valhalla and he sorts himself out, and it's like quite it's quite a nice story. But overall, doesn't save it from being a generally overall shit film. I respect that opinion. So I'll pass over to the classic film of the week, which is the film I suggested to Isaac, which was the. 1995 film Seven, directed by David Fincher, starring Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman as two detectives. And how did you find it? Overall, amazing film. I, I went in with kind of low expectations because I've, I've, it's an old film. I knew all the spoilers and everything, and but my expectations were shattered. It was so unbelievably good, but. I had one serious, serious issue with the film, and that's the title. Se7N. S-E-7-E-N. I hate it. It upsets me so much. The 7 doesn't even look anything like a V, and honestly, for that reason alone, I might I might give it zero stars. Uh, but, yeah, but when you look at the title, there's no way you don't realise it's the number 7, though. Like, you don't realise, you obviously realise the word is 7. I know, but they, they could have just used the word seven, because I would also recognise the word seven as seven, but hey-ho. <laughs> yes, so talking about the acting, I found the Kevin Spacey as the, the villain, John Doe, he was an amazing actor in that. You can really see the crazy in his eyes, but that could just be Kevin Spacey himself. <laughs> Weirdo in real life too, apparently. But, um... The I had a slight issue with the character of Detective Mills. I'm not sure if that was due to the writing or his input, but uh, I found him speaking way too childly. I found him speaking way too childishly at some points. And um, you know, at one point there was they were trying to find a man, and he said, "Who the stinky man?" <laughs> and, and that it really, really broke character and pulled me out of the film for a minute there. <laughs> I don't remember him saying it. I, I can't remember the context of that at all, but... I don't really care too much for spoilers for a film from 1995, but, you know, spoilers if you haven't seen it. Um, how did, did you know about the... How quickly did you work out the main plot twist of the film? Like, how long, when did you realise what was in the box? Um, it was as he was opening the box, and the, the look of horror on his face, that, that really sold it to me. I, that was when I figured it out. That scene is so heartbreaking. Like when I watched that for the first time a couple of years back, and I watched it and I just couldn't move. Like I was just like I was standing, sitting through the credits without like moving, like kind of slowly rocking back and forth and forward in the uh, fetal position because it's like she's just a poor civilian. You don't see her that much throughout the film, but when she's built up, she's like seen as like nice and like kind, and you really start to like her, and then. So the idea that she gets pulled into it all, and you can understand how he must feel, you know, his wife, it's like, oh man, it feels so bad, man. Yeah, and you, you get to that bit, and then the film just ends. There's no resolution, and although I, I do appreciate when a film doesn't have a happy ending, it's nice to see that, but it just leaves your heart broken. 
Yeah, yeah, just completely. So overall, you really liked really liked the film. Yeah, I, I rate it very highly. Great film. How how yeah? If you had to give it a number, what would you give it? Uh, I'd I'd probably give it a I'd say nearly a nine out of ten. Wow, for me, uh, for obviously for, for seven, I probably would give it a nine out of ten. But for uh, Mad Max Fury Road, I'll just add I probably would give that a four, and that's at a push. It'd probably be a two if it wasn't for Shalise Theron being quite good, even though she was completely underutilized. Okay, so moving on, lastly to uh, to the the feature film of the week, which is Men in Black International, and obviously it's going to be a bit shorter than last week's uh, discussion on Dark Phoenix because one, we, Isaac's just been pulled into this last minute, so he hasn't seen it. Jürgen did, so he pulled it last minute, so he didn't see it like Jürgen had with Dark Phoenix because Jürgen was busy because Jürgen's a knob, and. Also, because there's just not much to talk about, really. Like, it's Men of Black National. I don't know what to say. It's just so... I've never seen a more 6 out of 10, you know? It's just so okay. It's, it's not hilarious, but it's not unfunny. It's, like, it's got cool action scenes, but not an abundance of them. But it's it, the plot twist is not unexpected, but isn't particularly obvious like there's a bit of who done it you know, i thought chris hemsworth was the bad guy and then suddenly it's not chris hemsworth but they don't really under, you don't really get the build up and you just suddenly go from not knowing to knowing there's no like kind of revelation process and it's like i don't know it's just, it was definitely we were spoiled by the first three being so good and the first one they build up the introduction of, of will smith as the new men in black agent by him so discovering about the aliens, then him discovering about the men in black, then him like going through the training process, then him making the decision, then you learning about him, and then you go, boom, yes, he, he says yes. Whereas Tessa Thompson, it just, boom, she's in there. I love aliens, I've loved aliens since I was a kid. Walks in there, can I have a job? Why? Because I'm good, all right, decent. Boom, 20 minutes in, she has a job. It's like, this film isn't Men in Black 4, it's more like Men in Black 1, 2, you know what I mean? Yeah, I get that. It's like it's like a it's like a remake of the first one in a different light, and so it's kind of rehashing the the origin story like there was in the first one, and I don't know. And then I, I did like Tom's character. She wasn't enough build. I didn't know enough about her as a person. They had like one scene showing that she didn't have a life, and that was it. Like I didn't know anything about her growing up. I don't know. I just didn't feel the connection. And then, but she did have some good on screen chemistry with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Who's so so fit? I'd agree with that. I I love that man with a passion. He's just so attractive. Star of the 2016 Ghostbusters film, the only important male character in the 2016 Ghostbusters film, I have you know. And the link between them two was you know, great to see at the start. And then as time goes on, they started making less and less little cutie jokes. And then there's nothing. And then they shove in a pointless love interest for no reason right at the end. There's no like lovey side to it at all really and then boom last scene of the film they like she gets all like cutie with him i hate when films always feel like they have to cram in a love story i can't stand it i don't know if you've seen ready player one but they really really forced in a love story in that and it just did not belong especially as they're basically children so in the second independence day film the one that's like quite recent like jeff goldblum who's like i'm not an insult on how old he is but he's like love interest he's like a 22 year old i mean 
as a 22 year old myself, I would definitely shag Jeff Goldblum. I think anyone would. That beautiful, like leathery skin. Oh God, um, I'm sure he is is made to be that way. I don't think he's old. He, he's just tough. Yeah, yeah. Have you seen that video on BuzzFeed of him, um, of him reading out thirst tweets? I have, and it's basically just 10 minutes of cringe, but beautiful cringe. It's like, oh god, this he gets he gets me feeling he gets me feeling things he does. He really does. He gets he gives me tingles. And he goes up to close to the mic. He's like, Jeff Goldblum exudes sexy and expensive. I'm like, oh Jeff, what are you doing to me? But yeah, going back to Men in Black International, they it's well, the first thing, it's supposed to be set in the London part of the the Men in Black London branch, but like the whole film's set in Marrakesh. Which like, isn't in Europe at all. Like I don't know, but I guess it's because they're, they're chasing the people. But couldn't they just offload it to the North African branch or something? I don't know. It's a bit weird. But um, yeah, it's like it's very okay. There's a not. It's just like if you, it's worth the price of a ticket. Really, you just like show up and you'll get some a couple cute laughs and you'll get a little bit of cool action and some guns shooting at some aliens and some aliens shooting back and some explosions it's, it's okay it's really i really it's just such a i really have nothing to say about it really it's just there's that character pawnee which is like kind of the the group the baby group of the film or like the the porg from star wars where it's like they just show up and they're supposed to be cute and they will make those of plush toys of them and I thought for for that I was like I, I hate those you know I can't stand Groot because of the weird like fans of him and the people always going on about how cute he is and it's like I thought Pawnee was going to be that but to be fair Pawnee was quite funny um, I thought Emma Thompson was alright it was all everyone was just okay you know Tess Thompson was okay Chris Hemsworth was okay it's so, so sexy but so sexy yeah just so sexy so really such a solid six out of ten completely boom so that's pretty much it um upcoming next week we've got a couple films coming out we've got a few films coming out but the two biggest ones i'd say will be child's play the new chucky film are you looking forward to that uh not particularly no you're not a horror film fan are you not particularly i'm not particularly invested in horror films and also child's play it's it's done those are so incredibly old they just need to stop again yeah yeah i'd have to agree but you know they if they can make money they will and Toy Story 4 is coming out, which completely unnecessary, but I'm sure it'll be good. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a great film. But again, yeah, they, they should have stopped at 3. 3 circled back to the first film so nicely, and then they've just broken that cycle. Yeah, it just shows the greed. Really, they're making a, uh, a Toy Story 4, but we just need a Shrek 5. Uh, oh, ooh, yeah, definitely. Out of all kids' films, like, what would you say is your favourite ever kids' film? I've got to put Wally really high on that list because although it's cutesy and fun, there's also a really there's a deeper message, you know, about uh, like taking care of the planet and how the technology is ruining people's lives, and it's, it's a really nice film. Yeah, yeah, and just so good looking as well. You know, for a film that was made quite a few years back, everything's so when they go up in the spaceship and everything's so like silky and shiny and. You know, all the, the clothes and the walls and the, the, all the machines, it's all just so clean. Yeah, it's really ahead of its time. And also, Wally on the PlayStation 2, that was the best game there's ever been. That was real hard, though. That was a really, really hard game. Yeah, for a child's game, it was really difficult. It's just like going by and buying large, wasn't it? That was the thing. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, that's pretty much all. Uh, you know, you're my f- thank for you for being my first ever guest and dealing cleaning up with Jurgen's dirty Norwegian mess. Uh, I'd clear up your Jurgen's dirty Norwegian mess any day. Well, uh, thank you very much. You can once again you can follow me at Sam Houston Vivo on Twitter, or you can email in questions or any thoughts or anything in at nowshowingpod at gmail.com. See you next week for a kids' film special starring Toy Story 4 and I imagine probably B-movie from me. That's probably my favorite kids' film, so I don't know what Jürgen will say. So catch us next time.